And we're talking one time after the show. He's like, do you like coffee? And he's drunk out of his mind. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah, I like coffee. He's like, beautiful. And from his Speedos, he pulls out a two-pound bag of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> he claims he won in the marathon. Yeah. Yeah, he would always win a raffle. This guy always is winning raffles. I'm like, you're the drunkest person. Put it in his speedo. Then he would keep it in his speedos and give it to people (laughs) at the bars. Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Bear Flannery. And I'm CJ Sullivan. And each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we'll have a different theme. As far as we're in, tonight, tonight, today, I feel like the show's always on night. I don't know why. Tonight? It should only be listened to at night, and it should only, <laughs> like, we. I, I've, as far as I'm concerned, we should be on the AM radio dial. <laughs> <laughs> you only listen to us at night right. on your way to a bar. And we're kind of in between stations, like in between like well, yes. two, two that come in, like kind of like half coming in. Illegal okay, Max guys. Hedron style. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, our theme tonight is late night foods, you know, of course. Oh, the, um, two of our favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, both of our favorite uh, thing to talk about, thing to do, thing yeah. to watch as an observer. It's... <laughs> It's great. We have a uh, great guest, Crystal Lafayenza Pitson. Crystal the Pistol, also known, former producer here at the Blackout Diaries, singer extraordinaire. Um, she has a great story about a late night place in Chicago called the Burrito Le- Palace. Leaving a burrito hut under <laughs> mysterious circumstances is what we will say. And it's. Uh... <laughs> Right, and it's that's an what, absolute great story. Yeah, it's a great story, but we'll get to that in a second. But, but Sean, you are a staple of late night food places. You were once banned from an IHOP, I believe, in Chicago, right where he's right where I used to live. Absolutely correct. It was a uh, long time ago, so he only had the authority to ban me from one location. Okay, that's which uh, is Clark, uh, that one in in Boys Town, which I do think might of all the diners I went to late night in Chicago, that might have been the drunkest one. That <laughs> that I have um, because it, it was it was in the middle of a meeting point of a lot of places. It was in the middle point of Wrigleyville, Boys Town, and Uptown. You yeah, know? And it was they just all like, came together, and not, and not and not one of them really claimed it. You know, it's yeah. kind of its own it's kind of its own island out but there. But yeah, my buddy and I we got in a creamer fight. Creamer fight at IHOP, 24 and, hours uh, at IHOP was. Not allowed to do that, you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> so we get uh, we get banned. He's like, you're banned. I think he said a year initially. I can't remember the exact time frames, but whatever it was. The manager gave you gave you per, in, in your whole group or just you? He, he gave it to everybody I was with, but I was the only one who lived in Chicago. Yeah. So, you know, I was <laughs> right, the only right. one facing the consequences. One you know, full year ban. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. And, uh, we'll see if we're ready in a year. <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm with a, se- a separate group of friends, and and they knew knew about this story. But I'm like, there's no way a IHOP has the same manager four months later. I mean, the turnover rate there has to be huge, right? And that B, he's going to recognize me. Uh-huh. I go in wrong on both counts immediately. <laughs> oh <laughs> See, no, because there was always like a half hour wait to get a table there. You yeah, know, even at five in the morning, you right? Know? Um. 
And I'm like, listen, man, I was really sorry. I didn't start that creamer war. Like, uh, you know, I apologize. We left a huge tip. I'm not excusing it, but, you know, I, I will be on my best behavior. So he has me meet him. And, like, he like the second cashier station is off. And uh-huh. he, like, gets a pen and paper. And he basically has me present to, like, a drunk diner court my case for why I should be reinstated. <laughs> and he sides with me. He's like, all right, you know. Who I've was, always said it's the fairest court in the land. I hop diner court. <laughs> who was the uh, judge and who was this panel of the manager? Jury? And he, uh, the hostess was sort of like kind of the jury or the bailiff, where mm-hmm. she was coming in with an opinion from time to time. Yep. <laughs> and you represented yourself. Obviously. I represented myself, which they say when you <laughs> right. when you represent yourself, you have a fool for a client, but. <laughs> but that's exactly the kind of strategy you need in this kind of court, in an IHOP court. <laughs> oh, man. So then you had to do this before you sat down. Then they let you sit down and uh, eat. They let us sit down. That was what you uh, won in court. You, you had your day in court. <laughs> I had my day in court. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And we're going to have a lot more personal stories of uh, late night drunk food because of I mean, that just comes with the territory of being absolute drunks. So we're also going to break down the science of why we crave food um, late night and why it's so good, of course, late, late night drunk. And it's not just because you did not hook up at a bar and it is your last resort. Apparently, there's an actual actual science behind actual it. Actual science on why we eat like this. Yep. And we'll go through some of the famous late night places in Chicago that we've been to anyway. Without further ado, though, let's get right into our storytelling with our amazing guest, Crystal the Pistol, as she tells of a night that got away from her. At the Burrito Palace. <laughs> Hello. Five foot three. Five foot three. Hi, Blackout Diaries. I am. I am here to tell you a tale, a story about when I was a regular at a burrito joint. Yes. There was a time in my life where I was just hitting the bottle hard. I was boosting it up a good five to six nights a week, and I would always end my night at this place called Taco Burrito Palace. Yeah, it's on, it's on Halstead at Cornelia. You may have gone there before. And um, I would just, I was there all the time, and it felt, it felt like a second home. I would walk in every night to a symphony of Mexican hellos. Ora Cristal, Ora Cristal, Ora Cristal. And uh, I would just, uh, they would fire up my burrito and I would walk past uh, everyone in line and go through the kitchen to use their bathroom. And they don't have a liquor license, but every night they would make me an under the table cocktail. It was the best. So one night, I'm out and about getting wasted, hanging out in Hammertown. And um, I think that night, actually, that night I scaled a CTA pole because I thought I was acting like I was a stripper and somehow did like an upside down move and did not break my head open. So I was feeling really accomplished, thank you. Really accomplished. But then my friend, my girlfriend was like, you need to go home, Crystal. You've got the wobbles real bad. She's like, you look like you have an invisible hula hoop attached around your waist. And I was like, I'm not going home until I get my burrito. Gotta get my burrito. You know. 
so I go uh, I go on over to Taco Burrito Palace, and there's a huge line. There's like a line of 20 people deep, and I just hula hoop on past everybody. And I go back to the bathroom, and while I'm in there, I'm I'm very aware of the fact that yes, I do have the wobbles. She was right. All of a sudden, I'm in a, like a very small contained room, and I'm like, I can't get this together. Like I'm trying, trying desperately to get my pants unbuttoned, and I just wanted to scream, "Who's shaking the boat?" Like I just, I felt like there was a dr- like an angry ghost in there, just pushing me into a wall and then back into the sink. I like, so finally, I find my center of gravity, and I look behind me at the toilet. I'm like, this is going to be a difficult land. So I stabilize. I stabilize myself. I launch. I land on the toilet. I throw my shoulders back to stabilize. I made it. Thank you. Not yet. I wish. So I'm, I'm there. I haven't peed yet. I'm just basking in the victory of my land. But all of a sudden, I'm getting all wet. And I look behind me, and I have cracked the toilet tank in half. <laughs> just like a clean karate chop. So... I I pick my shoulders up from off the tank and I turn around and half of it falls to the ground and water is rushing out of the bathroom. I I sober up real quick. I get up, I go outside and water is rushing towards the kitchen, the place it should be going. And the busboy is standing there going, Cristal, what happened? My response was, I think you bought a cheap toilet. (laughs) After all they've done for me, like what a jerk. So then I walk up to the front, grab my burrito, don't pay and leave. So awful. The next morning I was totally mortified. I called my dad and I was like, dad, I broke. I, I was at my favorite taco burrito place and I, I broke the toilet. <laughs> and he was like, did you try jingling the handle? <laughs> it was a different kind of break, Dad. So nine months later, I'm out in Boys Town and my friend's like, let's get a burrito. And I'm like, he's like, let's go to Taco Burrito Palace. And I'm like, you know I can't go there. <laughs> but then I have a realization. I have very curly hair, obviously. And on this particular night, I had straightened my hair. And I had like a big floppy raincoat over my eyes. Like, it covered my eyes. So I realized I can go in disguise. <laughs> So this, this is me in disguise at Taco Freedom Pass. And um, this, is my, this is my secret homecoming. I walk up and I place my order and then I'm sure they recognize my voice, but then I hand over my credit card, they read my name, and all of a sudden this brown face pops up under my hood and says, Hola Cristal! 
And I was like, I just, I froze. And I thought to myself, he's got the wrong girl. Because what you gotta know about me when I'm wasted is that I am gonna commit. I am committing to the 20 shots of Malort we are doing. I am committing to this character, which is not myself. I am balls deep in this. So I just, I ignored him completely and just was like, yep, got the wrong girl. So then like we're waiting for our food and I'm making my friend take pictures of me. And like, like, I'm really getting away with it. Like I really think in my mind, I am a hilarious genius and nobody's got nothing on me. And I love that I have just like a crescent of an eye hanging out like, nothing to see here, cool as a cucumber. And I'm surprised we even got these pictures because my friend was so wasted. He did some good picture taking there. He told that burrito he loved it about 20 times. Here's a good one. Oh yeah. I guarantee you the other half of that cheese is already down his throat. So finally, like every, all the guys keep walking by my table and they keep saying, hola Cristal, hola Cristal. You know, like they wanted to be acknowledged. Like you used to be our friend and you broke our freaking toilet, like say hello. <laughs> and I just wouldn't, I was so stoic. But before we left, I wanted one last picture. I was like, we need to capture this moment that we got away with this. Al Capone's got nothing on this con artist. There's a girl who's really in control. Knows exactly what she's doing. So when I knew that I was gonna be coming here tonight, I I went back to take a picture of the sign and I was gonna go in and be like, did insurance cover it? And and uh, instead, when I was there, I noticed that they recently added two security cameras. And in that moment, I just committed to walking away. Didn't go inside. That's my story. Thank you guys. So fun. It was a great show. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. That was Crystal Lafayette and Pitson, uh, who is joining us, <laughs> CJ and I, here. Crystal the Pistol, which is what I always love. I was, wait- I was waiting for a part of the show when you were going to try to pronounce her full name. And then it's, it's- <laughs> well, Crystal and I go way back. Crystal was a co-producer of the Blackout Diaries in yes. its original location for years. And I think I exclusively called you Crystal the Pistol because it was just so much easier. Well, it's, uh, and, and, and it's not even it's hard to pronounce, but you jam it all in at once. It's three words, and you say <laughs> and you say all three words at once. That's what makes it. That's what makes it great. Tell yeah, so and that's why I became Crystal the Pistol because it's just too much name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's in a name? Sometimes too much. Everything about you, Crystal, is too much in a good way. You know, it's great. Thanks. Um, Appreciate that. Uh, all the stories are loud. The people are loud. They're all hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was always one of my, my favorite stories, what you just told. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the photos are great. We'll have to put the photos up on Instagram, your, your attempts at a disguise and so on. What do you yeah, remember? Yeah, that's why I love that. that. You broke the toilet yeah. put with the burrito pals and trying to come back in, in, in drunk disguise is, is, what, <laughs> is what makes sense. Drunk disguise, which includes straight hair and a hood over my face, uh-huh. which <laughs> well, my voice is so nasally, like I wasn't getting away with it for a second. Yeah, your, vo- your voice is going to throw you off, but 
You are so known for your curly hair, though. If you straighten it out, you are kind of a different person. So that you can kind of yeah. get away with it there. But then as soon as you start talking, yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> Especially to when you're going to a place that only knows you as a regular and a regular who. Yes. And who cracked the toilet bowl like a karate chop, as you said. <laughs> Completely in half. <laughs> that oh, is, man. That is amazing. I still feel bad about that. Like, I always felt like I should pay them for a new toilet. I was when When I was caught in disguise, I was like, did you, was it covered by insurance? And they're like, no. Right. Insurance. Half our payroll isn't on the up and up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Late night burrito place for Christmas. I do sakes. remember uh, we looked it up one night. I think uh, the group of us after the show, Crystal, and we did realize toilets are much cheaper than you'd think. Yeah. All right. So, well, that makes me feel a lot better. Thank you. It's, so I it, think, uh, yeah, it sounded like they need a new plumbing system anyway. It all. It all <laughs> With all the water going straight down to the kitchen, you flooded out the kitchen. That's the other thing. How much business did you cost them? Just the. Uh... Uh, I mean, come on. They just kept it moving. Those right. guys, they are not yeah. even stopping for an avalanche in their kitchen of pee. I want You probably had. You probably stopped the whole uh, open door to work work toilet policy, though, for sure. You because you you already said you 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 made them you forced them to add security cameras, which is pretty impressive <laughs> on the resume. <laughs> That's <back>. right. <laughs> Man, my favorite part though is I grabbed my burrito and didn't pay and left. That was yeah. I feel more bad for that than the toilet. That's so true. I get that it. was going a little far. I, I get it. You know, like, I got embarrassed. I can see doing that, but also still wanting the burrito. Completely understandable. I would like if you would have came back and <laughs> came back in disguise and not and just pay for the previous burrito. Like I believe a friend of mine took one of your burritos and just <laughs> just slide the money across. But it's obviously like, all right, Crystal. Do you want your uh... <laughs> what was I your... have uh, Go ahead. an. I have an uncle who um, broke a, a toilet at a bar. It was after an Irish wake and everything. But he, he like, sort of just stumbled, hit it with his shoulder, and knocked it off the floor. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a big argument that it's like, well, you know, if you're serving drunks, you should be double caulking everything. Like, the, you, you know, you should have a stronger, yeah. like, uh, this should be able to withstand it's more a, force. And that's such a drunk attitude that we have. This is on them. For not for not looking ahead of what us idiots what we're gonna do. I mean, of course we're gonna jump and crack up. Make bathroom. it stronger. Absolutely. <laughs> Would you remember uh, like our favorite bar that we talk about on the podcast all the time, Galway Bay? Galway Bay yes. had the toilet broken so many times that at least in the men's room, I doubt the women's room was this bad. But the men's room, they basically moved to airplane toilet bath. Like they were like just these really compact, super strong <laughs> yeah, toilets. Right. You remember that CDJ? Yeah, they're very industrialized and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not not to say vacuum, but yeah, it was just it was just basically built for uh, for destruction. You know, it had nothing to really do with for sourcefulness, which I do love. I wish we were, I wish we were doing this podcast at three in the morning at Galway Bay. That feels only right. That's what the essence of this uh, this show is now. But speaking of which, before you, we're going to talk about late night food places, which you had a great you had a great one there. First of all, them speaking of late night places, they would serve you their own drink. Did that come from their own like? Uh, Personal thing, what they got oh, through yeah. for the night—that sounds incredible. Yeah, they would. They had their own tequila in the back, and they would just make me a tequila sunrise, That's... and I'd be like, "Don't mind if I do." I didn't even tip these guys. I know. Like, I feel like such a jerk. I mean, it's kind of you know, you're in your twenties and you're just raging, and you don't yeah. care. It makes it a sad story that you ruined such a good late night spot that you had there. I mean, I would not have. I would have done anything to kept that relationship as strong as possible. A, a, a cook giving you a burrito and one of their own personal tequila, tequila sunrises is amazing. 
know. It was a full-on mixed drink. I ruined it. Now, I remember you telling me that particular night you you were coming from a uh, an improv party beforehand is why you got to such oh, certain it. levels. And that, and, yeah. and, that, and that is also to blame. Impro- bad improv. Improv is always to blame for any of these disasters to happen. <laughs> we can definitely blame improv. It was actually like the playground's Christmas party. The playground was like an improv theater in Chicago that was popular. Mm-hmm. So all of these improv nerds were there. And I'm just resentful that I was never cast on a cool improv team. Right. That's all it is. I'm just hurt. <laughs> and so I, I went around the party and told people I was on improv teams that did not exist. And I was just having the best time, and nobody really. Do you remember any that. of the names? I would love to hear yeah, your fake fun. improv team names. Do you remember any of the names you uh, you created? <laughs> I know for sure I said deadpan to somebody that I was in one called Nonsense. Nonsense, right? Nonsense, and you're all Fam- nuns? famous musical it's called Nonsense. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's like saying you're part of the vagina monologues, basically. <laughs> <laughs> They were so offended. They were so mad at me. And I'm like, who cares? I just, it, I was enjoying being an asshole and they were not. Yeah. And then he continued. And then he continued on through through the toilet place at the beautiful burrito palace. Now you are now in uh, Chattanooga, right? You left out of Chicago and left one behind. And yes. you are uh, doing the, what is your official title you're telling us beforehand? You're, now that you've been to the yeah. uh, nuclear medical terms. Yeah, I'm in um, a nuclear medicine technologist, nice. which means nothing. <laughs> I'm a fancy <laughs> X-ray tech. Yeah. What's drinking like down in Chattanooga? It can't possibly be like as decadent as Chicago, right? Or maybe I'm wrong. No, like I mean, you have some people that like to get whiskey wasted. That's mm-hmm. standard for Tennessee, but you really don't see it out on the streets that much. It's a mid-sized city. There's a lot mm-hmm. of families. So mm-hmm. I had a big day recently where I I was brunching for my birthday. Okay. Okay. And then there was a huge Vols game. It was Vols versus Bama, which yeah. in the South is church. That was a big yeah. game. Big game. Big game. And I was so out of place. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to annoy anybody by talking too much about football. I don't know. <laughs> so I just was sitting there getting hammered. And then and then some of my friends, like I took a little taco break intermission, didn't break anything. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then went back out to a pool hall and was just keeping it together you know like i'm sloppy but i'm doing i'm buttoned up maybe the buttons aren't aligning but i'm doing my best (laughs) and so i had my id out to get pool like to get balls to play pool Mm -hmm. okay and billiard balls and i flung my id out on accident and it flew across the bar and i said to like the punk metalhead behind the bar i was like I am so sorry. I did not mean that disrespectfully. I'm just really drunk. And he was like, you're out of here. It was the most polite bar kick out ever. I'm like, you don't even know my history of hurricane destruction. In Chicago, I qualify for a designated driver. Yeah, right. See how how polite I was being? I was being active. It's like reporting your own crime almost. Like coming in. But just just saying that. It's like saying you have a bomb or something. You just can't say, what? We heard the word. Words. We can't go back. That's a policy. The South is different yeah, about alcohol. They really are. They're very gentlemanly. Like, yeah, I really learned my lesson. You cannot say you're drunk in a bar. I felt stupid. I was like, really? Now I learned this. But I mean, come yeah. on. I was in Chicago yeah. for a long time. Right. Different cultures. Did you have you found a crew out there? Because I know Crystal. You're gonna find. You're gonna always gonna find the party no matter what. 
But you have to, yeah, you have to I, find some like-minded. Oh, you were, I mean, Crystal, you were, what, a co-producer of the Blackout Diaries show for at least a couple of years when we first started at the Lincoln Lodge, when we first went, moved weekly. So this is almost 10 years ago. And I always loved the crew you came in with. Like, you came in with just the, the most rowdy, like, it was like a party on wheels every time they came in. <laughs> it was ratchet. Like, there would always be someone coming in fresh from a marathon, just in their, like, little Speedo running pants. <laughs> yeah, she had this always one guy. Always someone wearing, like, a fake monocle. Like. Yeah, they had crazy outfits. Because she also, you used to do this one-woman show at Zebra Lounge. I think I, yeah. somebody mm-hmm. told me that you met a few of the people there, but it would be this weird. There'd be, like, one would be Euro trash. One would be, like, uh, <laughs> tall and athletic. And her buddy Steve, who would always be coming in like speedos from running a marathon, and we're talking one time after the show. He's like, "Do you like coffee?" And he's drunk out of his mind, right. and I'm like, "Yeah, I like coffee." He's like, "Beautiful." And from his speedos, he pulls out a two-pound bag of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> he claims he won in the marathon. Yeah. Yeah, he would always win a raffle. This guy always is winning raffles. I'm like, you're the drunkest person. Put it in his speedo. Then he would keep it in his speedos and give it to people (laughs) at the bars. So accurate. Yeah, she always has. A, she always did have a group of like people like wearing weird, weird one-off accessories like they found like on like a scavenger hunt going towards the bar itself. Like a big <laughs> styrofoam hat. One's got like, one ski boot. Like what? What is going on? Do right you have here? Uh, like, oh, Do you have any funny? Boot, Steve. <laughs> do you have any funny stories from that uh, one-woman show? Because you did that for a while, and Zebra Lounge is a crazy yeah, bar because there's fun. a hostel above it and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, Zebra Lounge was, yeah, Zebra Lounge was so special. It was so unique and it was kind of crazy. But like, I feel like the only crazy thing that happened was because my, the name of my show was Tits and Bits. Mm -hmm. Occasionally there'd just be like a rogue old man that thought it was going to be burlesque. Sure. Or that that was the kind of show he grew up on. That's what they used to call him back in the day. Like finally, finally they brought back my favorite off-Broadway revival, the 1935 production of Tits and Bits. And every time that that would happen, they would stay for like, I don't know, three or four like bits or songs or whatever. And then just politely kind of nod to me as they left. Like, <laughs> thanks. Keep the money. Keep the change. I'm good. I'm going to go to another titty bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, that uh, I love that bar. Um Cause you yeah. you would play the piano in that show, didn't you? It was it, like it sounded like an old school nineteen seventies show. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, it, I was just gonna say that's why I love Crystal. She has that, that very lounge singer, like fucking like one woman, like this, like hello boys, like light your cigarette. Now she's on top of a, <laughs> sliding on top of a piano, then she just slide off because she's so sultry, seventies sultry, very sultry and very <laughs> and very drunk. She makes it a perfect <laughs> the perfect femme of the, the producer of a Blackout Diaries. <laughs> Oh my god, I feel so seen. I've never felt so seen before. <laughs> um, I didn't play the piano, but I had people that came in and did it. I mean, it was an authentic uh, piano bar, and it was open yeah. during Prohibition. It was a Prohibition bar yeah. back in the day, and I think there was like a fake um, door somewhere involved. I can't remember; it's all washed. But cool place, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great bar. Yeah, if and, you're in Chicago, it's a yeah. absolutely great bar. And you're an amazing singer. Prepared. At least that's how Sean used to always introduce you. I think she, uh, during the show, like you're a great singer. I'm like, does she sing? And then I saw the show. <laughs> She does well. If he doesn't, Sean's not. Sean saw her sing one time, so that was it. <laughs> I'm great at karaoke, guys. Now you're great. You're a great singer. We're just joking with you. Um, and you're Thanks. and you're also a great storyteller. That story was absolutely, absolutely hilarious. The Burrito Palace. 
toilet disaster. Yeah. How wet did you uh, get, by the way, real quick, to, to, uh, of your entire outfit that night? I think you said to jeans to knees was a quote I heard you say <laughs> when you were talking about how wet you got with it in that, uh, that toilet disaster. Yeah. And I don't know why I took my coat off. Mm-hmm. Like that was a very drunk move too. I think I took my coat off or maybe I like pulled it up, mm-hmm. but it was like, I shouldn't be feeling wetness right now. Cause one, I haven't peed and two, I have a giant winter <laughs> coat on. Yeah. I hope I wasn't and then shot. I'm just, my back is soaked. <laughs> <laughs> That is one of those things. You don't realize how much water is going into a toilet every second of every day. Until you <laughs> right. Break it. Until it breaks. Until it breaks. <laughs> like, oh, like man. oh, my God. Actually- how will this ever end? <laughs> like Chicago <laughs> will be washed away in the flood from this broken toilet. Great Chicago oh. flood from Hurricane Crystal. <laughs> That's great. Amazing. Crystal the pistol. Well, thank you for joining us. Lafayette's a pizzle. Too much. Um, Too much. Thanks for coming on to Black Out Eyes. Thank you, you so want, much, Crystal. Thanks wanna... for all your pass help with the show as well. Yeah. Any... Oh, my God, yeah. I love you both so much, mm. and I miss you, and I wish we were whiskey-wasted right well, now. Well, we it sounds like we just got to do a road show down in Chattanooga, yeah. and uh, you'll tell us the when and where. We'll bring it down to the newts. Please. Absolutely. I got to see CJ do Comedy Catch, and he was phenomenal. Yeah, that place is so, great. Yeah, I love Chattanooga. It. It's a great town. Absolutely. Great people. Mm-hmm. There's a little, went to a pinball museum there. Every every city's got a <laughs> pinball museum. It's weird, but it's kind of clear. But uh, yeah, I love Chattanooga. Moon Pies, home of the Moon Pies, Chattanooga. <laughs> That'll be our late night food. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Thank you again, Crystal. Right, we'll Crystal. have you back soon. <laughs> All right, we're back in the Blackout Diaries, and that was. The hilarious Crystal the Pistol. She has got to be. Uh, <laughs> she's the best. I miss her, man. Yeah, she was a hell of a producer. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. She's uh, just. It's, it's such a. I love that this bastardized this family tree of blackout diaries of producers that said that they got on that are <laughs> what they're doing over. across the yeah, country it's now. Like the, it's like the coaching tree of like Bill Belichick or Parcells, whatever. But it's but it's our drunken blackout diary trees. We're thrown out there to the country, uh, just just doing damage. She's all a radiologist. The world. He's dead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Once in Thailand, hasn't been seen heard from again. But she does bring up a great point. And Chicago, of course, has amazing late night uh, drunk food places, late amazing food places anyway. Um, it's incredible because it's uh, the food tastes so good when you're drunk. Oh. But then, you, but it's also just because it's really greasy and it's some of the worst shit for you, obviously. Oh my god, it's terrible. I I I remember a time when I was um I was just out of college, had my new job. I was hired into Ernst and Young, mm-hmm. like. Right. Arguably, like one of the five most prestigious consulting firms in the country <laughs> at the time, at least. Yeah, and uh, we're doing a project down near University of Akron. I went to Akron U for two years, and uh-huh. I would always go to this this diner, and it was just the best. We would get uh, gyros, loved them, and I'm like, guys, we got to go here. Yep. I mean, for lunch, you're mm-hmm. gonna love it. It's the best food. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was one of the most horrific experiences of my life, <laughs> like eating that same food. And, and there's no way they cook it any differently. So I know no, for sure. that the difference is fully attributable to how 
annihilated I was. It was the food was disgusting. And like all my new coworkers are like, "What in the hell is this place?" You're gonna love it. There's there's no there's no tables. Uh, <laughs> sit down. They slice it off the spigot. Right, right there. A, a guy tried to sell us a, a deflated basketball while we were waiting in line. <laughs> At like 1.30 p.m. Uh, your late night daytime tours are, are a must. <laughs> Just going through like bad areas with the sunlight on it. But there is, CJ, so there is a reason okay. why we do this. That's why I want to get drunk. to it. What is the science of our late night? Uh, what did I, I read somewhere it was called the uh, drunk cheese or something instead of munchies. Drunk cheese. Oh, the drunkies? Yeah. yeah, 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 I, yeah. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard anti apatif syndrome. I've heard a couple <laughs> uh, different things um, from scientists, but there's. There's basically uh, two major things at play. Okay. So when you drink, alcohol lowers your blood sugar, mm-hmm. which does make you have less energy. Right. Which can then make you, you know, sort of trigger it, your your body thinks it's hungry. But okay. the main <laughs> problem of alcohol is uh, there's a ton of calories in beer. Yeah. And al- in all alcohol. Right. So right. in theory, you should be fine, right? Yeah, I mean, you fi- just drink I mean, 3,000 calories exactly. worth of Heineken. <laughs> so the bot, this is very interesting. Alcohol is so poisonous mm-hmm. that the body, like, is sophisticated enough that it doesn't count its calories. Because <laughs> it, it assumes it's just going to repel. It's a poison. Right. <laughs> so, like, basically, your That's body's like, I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. You know, do something. You throw another breer back, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to ignore that you did that. <laughs> All right, that didn't happen. Yeah, you're, you're We're going to pretend that didn't happen down here. You're obviously in the wrong. You're obviously in the wrong store. You're going down there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't kill this kill this hunger out. Um, <laughs> so that's funny. So your body's like, okay, that that, that's, that 1,800 calories you just threw in there of pure vodka. It's, it's not doing anything. It's not on our books. <laughs> Um, so the, the, they, but but the, but it's in there. It soaps up. You know what I mean? Like it gets in and it mixes mm-hmm. up in there, and that's why. Um, I don't know. Does it, people like uh, claim that pancakes soap it up. I like I like drunken claims like that too. Like, yeah, like but, but even if it does, where's it going? I know. <laughs> it's still in your body, and it's gonna go into your bloodstream. I mean, you <laughs> maybe you've made it go into your bloodstream like at a slower rate, but mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like you have another compartment. Like an exit. Yes, you can't. Hide, you can't. Other than your, you know, you, like like it's still all in there. You can't compartmentalize it. Is what you're trying to say. You cannot. Right now, there is a story, Sean. You were talking about there about a man, a man who uh, his own stomach was <laughs> brewing his own beer. <laughs> this and is a fascinating story. And he was uh, he was acting drunk, but he swore he was sober. And it turns out he was right. His stomach was actually brewing his own beer. And it's a, uh, it's a condition that's very, very lightly diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> Exceedingly rare. Yes. Um, it says, uh, this is from the Washington Post here. The right. headline is, he was acting drunk but swore he was sober. Mm-hmm. Turns out his stomach was brewing its own beer. <laughs> uh, police and doctors didn't believe the 46-year-old man when he swore he hadn't had alcohol before he was arrested on suspicion of drunk driving. His blood alcohol level was 0.2, more than twice the legal limit for operating a car. He refused a breathalyzer test, was hospitalized later, 
And then researchers discovered the unusual truth. Fungi in the man's digestive system turns carbohydrates into alcohol. Get this condition here, CJ. Mm-hmm. A condition known as auto-brewery syndrome. Auto-brewery syndrome. I can see why doctors don't even believe this guy. <laughs> well, Doc, I'm telling right. you, I've got auto-brewery syndrome. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and look at the research, and the like the experts too to come in. Like the Footage Washington Post article is great. Barbara Cordrell said a person is intoxicated from the, this fermenting yeast. It's a horrible illness. Uh, researcher of auto brewery syndrome and author of the book My Gut Makes Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> what? A, imagine you're just perusing a bookstore and you see that right. My Gut Makes Alcohol. What makes it what makes it tough to believe is because it always comes after someone does something disastrous. Like there was this guy who got a, he drove a truck and he spilled eleven thousand salmon onto the highway. So like, okay, you're drunk, right? No, no, got auto brewery syndrome. The old stomach is <laughs> churning up another batch, apparently. <laughs> and so when doctors dismiss it, it's tough to uh, <laughs> it's tough to uh, get behind. But then. The, 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 he finally, this one guy finally got the doctors to believe, like, to try to believe him. So they put him on an experiment. So they gave the man a carbohydrate heavy meal and, <laughs> and told him, like, okay, get on all the breads and see what happens. And his blood <laughs> alcohol level shot up to 0.57, which is. Isn't that almost lethal? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's damn near dead. I was just going to say. <laughs> or shot, yeah, oh, I, I think know. that was a, I think that might have been an experiment run by cops and not doctors. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I tell you what, eat a loaf of bread in front of us in the interrogation room. Right. <laughs> so then if he you go le- up, yeah, n- no charges filed. <laughs> <laughs> so then he was left on strict orders not to eat carbs, caramelly found in bread, pasta, beer, among other foods. But soon started having flare-ups again. At one point, at one point, caused him to fall and suffer brain bleed. Blah blah blah. Doctors again still refused to believe he hadn't been drinking because he <laughs> fell and cracked his head. <laughs> I mean, the thing you got to real—I mean, that's why this disease is so funny. Mm-hmm. And I know you normally shouldn't laugh at people who are dealing with diseases but right. this is this is funny because it's like every drunk denies they're a drunk mm-hmm. so and doctors are always dealing with drunks yes. so every day they're dealing with dozens to hundreds right. of lying who, drunks right they blame everything but themselves it's what <laughs> yeah. it, it's our nature <laughs> this is amazing so this guy they prescribed him an antifungal drug because i guess it's fungus in your stomach whatever mm-hmm. that, that causes this to get rid of the symptoms until he relapsed from eating pizza and drinking soda. <laughs> so, like, that's. <laughs> yeah, that's how you have to be like. You have right. to be, <laughs> you have to be, oh, don't put that bread near me. You wouldn't like me after that bread. <laughs> I've become a different man. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that, that's, a t- that's a tough one. To, but, I, but keep that in mind, listeners, we're saying if you do get pulled over, toss it out there. It's an excuse. Hey, it's something. You know, you know, throw everything out. I mean, right, so you, you know, know, I mean, you didn't have your headlights on, <laughs> officer. Uh, I have auto brewery syndrome. We'll just see what sticks. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Well, you, you, you could use it for the future. Anyway. <laughs> um, so well, was, luckily here in Chicago, right. we don't usually have to drive from diners. So we usually, as, as long as... We're not getting too rambunctious that the diner calls the cops on us. And you, our friend Pat, sometimes there's times I'm surprised the cops weren't called on him. Yeah, just as a customer, <laughs> just for how voraciously he was eating. Not, not even that he was threatening anyone. People were just scared at the volume. Our late great Pat Price was one of the all-time champions of late night eating. Violent late night, not uh, <laughs> eater, aggressive, and. Uh, <laughs> 
which if you if you weren't if you weren't ready for it, it could definitely scare you. Because it, it would it was it was scary at many levels. A just the sheer volume of yeah. it, and B he was a skinny guy. Skinny guy, so it was, handsome it, it fellow. Like the women the women loved him, and then when they saw that, they're like, "What is going on with this monster?" <laughs> I remember we were at. Uh, Diner, you know, comedy, you always go to diners late night or whatever. It was a big group of us, and we were eating, and we all ate, and he would, like, jump on like, other people's plates, and if you offered something, mm-hmm. he'd grab it, you know. So people were a little skeptical back already from that. Mm-hmm. And then we're all getting ready to leave, and in Chicago, you know, putting on winter coats and stuff, and the girl's taking her time, putting her stuff on. He was getting angry that of the a minute it took, a couple minutes for people to get their coats ready, he ordered another hash browns. The waitress couldn't believe he was being serious. We got another order of hash browns. Like, what? You guys are already paid. I know, but they're t- look at these girls. Like the way he might say, hey, you guys sell t-shirts here? Right. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, some hash browns Exactly. Some hash brown while I'm waiting, sitting down while they're getting their stuff ready. <laughs> and he got it done. <laughs> he would do some legendary ones, though, of course. Um, well, he, uh, he always claimed that he set the record for sliders. Yes. Slingers, I believe it was called. Slingers. Slingers, yeah. Slingers was a disgusting late night food that they had at the Diner Grill. You you explain it. The Diner Grill in Chicago, which is no longer, it still might be open, but it's definitely. It is still there. It's different ownership. I think it came back from. It's not well, same. it burned down and then I think it reopened, but I'm not positive. About yeah, it. it had a couple insurance fires, I believe, and but then yeah. it has a different ownership. They got the they got the okay. menu board correct, which was I didn't like. You know, like you always had to have misspellings on the diner, and yeah. then you had to have Keith working behind the grill, who's like serve time. You know, it, it, it's not just not to be an old man, but it's not the same, kids. Okay? Yeah, as a, totally as a late, agree. As a late night drunk, but it's just a it's just like a, tr- a train car basically there on what was that Polina and mm-hmm. Irving or something like that. And, uh, they Correct. Had, and they had a thing called a slinger, and you would get a plaque for you got a certificate for it. And mm-hmm. they had a T-shirts. The T-shirts I think they said, "Don't ask, just eat." Like, don't ask like what's in it. And it was like a dad having a heart attack and a family crying. I think it was a part of a logo. Um, and if you see these slingers, it was like it was a thing. It was like, it was all meals within a meal. So it was like two burger patties. There was chili. Eggs and fries, and he cut into it, like, and then like another sandwich would come it above would, it. It like, was, it would look like a bubbling marsh <laughs> where new patties would appear, right. and new food would appear from the depths, mm-hmm. like you were churning, yeah. you know, um, a river or something like that. And they were huge, it was this giant platter of just like absolutely, everything thrown into it, absolutely enormous. There, and there was, it was always a mistake, you know, it was always one, it would play to your ego, and it was always a mistake. Um, I remember one time I brought Kinane there, one time we got it, and then. I think that's how I talked him into being a guest on the visitors' locker room back when we did that show. And I went to go pick mm-hmm. him up. I went to go pick him up the next day, and I saw the trails of the slinger <laughs> that he threw up on his front yard <laughs> coming through there, like coming back to pick him up. Oh, yep, I'm at the right place. There it is. But Bryce got Bryce. I think he ate two and got one to go, or he got one and got one. He would always get one to go as well, and get mm-hmm. and, and pouring that thing, and he literally had to pour it into like a cart, like a milk carton. <laughs> he ate two there. You're right. And the way the way he told it to me is he ate two there and he honestly didn't think they would serve him a third. <laughs> so he pretended to call a roommate who ordered a slider to go, yeah, which yeah. is no way well, then he, that he, phone call could ever happen. Right. He ordered the exact same thing that he just ate. And he's like and he and he kinda gave it to him like he kinda gave oh, I can't can you believe this guy, like faking the whole conversation. How do you want your steak? Oh, over well again, you know, like, can, like cooked exactly the way he just ordered his steak. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, we we know it's we know it's uh, going to you. It's kind of like when um, what you call it, uh, Jackie Gleason on the set of uh, Cannibal Run Two, I think, or someone mm-hmm. one of those late movies before he died. He's, he's a hilarious uh, 
story. Or smoking a bandit too, I think, because he was with him and Burt Reynolds. He kept, yeah. he'd be on the set and he would always go, uh, um, he'd order uh, to his assistant, like, Tommy, cheeseburger. And then he'd bring him over, he'd bring him over a martini, you know, and it's all every time. And then it's code word. Yeah, it's code word. And Burt Reynolds was like, why do you keep saying, calling a cheeseburger? He's like, I don't want the crew to know that I'm drinking. <laughs> He's like, he wants Jackie Gleason. <laughs> like, you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> Well, let, I, I think we uh, do. We have to, I think we have time for one more story, right? Um, sure. How are we looking on time? Real quick, I was going to say like diner. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say with the diner grill, real quick with the with the two and the one to go, which was a pre- pretty impressive number for Pat Price. And, yes. And Keith, one time I remember asking him one time he was a the the, the grill man who looked like he's turned of time in San Quentin. We came out. We came up to it. He's out front smoking a cigarette with a couple of people, and it's like you got to wait till he's done. We're fine. We joined mm-hmm. him, you know. And I go, hey buddy, I don't know if you remember. My buddy says he claims, you know, he has the record. He ate two, one to go. I don't know if you know. Settled, but like he didn't even care about that conversation. He just slapped four fingers in my face. I remember he goes, that. Four in five yeah. minutes. That's the record. I don't want to hear about anything else. Yeah, and like his grilled fingers. And then he said he threw the nose. guy out. Yeah. Um, after the fourth, because he he wouldn't be responsible for what happens next. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had to cut him off. I remember him saying that. I had to cut him off. Medically. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would say the only late night diner uh, restaurant that might be more uh, legendary than Diner Grill is. Wiener Circle. They yeah. do have a story about Wiener Circle, too. They, I think we have enough time to get into real quickly. Sure, here. yeah. Since I mentioned Kyle Kinane, who was a previous guest here on the Blackout Diaries, a legend, uh, friend of the show, uh, me and him went to the Wiener Circle, which is famous in Chicago, um, the late night hot dog place or whatever, uh, where you yell at the staff and they yell back at you. It's, mm-hmm. it's, very, it's, it's, a, it's a quintessential late night place because it's rowdy. It's always rowdy. Very it's, rowdy. Who's <laughs> there for you? And it's just, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's an experience for sure. Um, now it's probably a crazy packed, of course, because it's more famous. Back in the day, I mean, it was still fun, still famous, but not, you know, it was, it was empty when we got there. And it was me and Kyle very early on in uh, uh, Chicago's. And something happened. These guys came in there looking for trouble. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's just like, and like they were talking to me, and Kyle was so drunk. Kyle was like just in from the suburbs because he was so happy about this story. Yeah. <laughs> he thought I was friends with him, you know. And I was like, no, he's not friends with him. And like, he was picking on a guy, and then uh, we got our stuff. And then um, next thing you know, one of the guys had a gun, and he pulled out a and he pulled out a he pulled out a gun. And Kyle, like Kyle, thought he was joking. Around. For some reason, we were so drunk. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> thinks you're all buddies. Yeah, you know, literally thought we were all buddies. That's a great buddies. part of the late night diner. Usually, usually yeah. you're all friends. I was like, you I, was, know? I was like, Kyle, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> you know, he wasn't like, he wasn't, I don't, he, I don't think he's joking, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't like branching it at, like he wasn't like pointing it at us or anything. But like, he pulled it out. You know what I mean? And like, he, he wanted was, you to know he had a gun. And we, and I knew. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, I was, yep, I know. And Kyle thought like it was a fun little fight. And I swear, he, like. He like threw a bunch of napkins at him. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, Kyle, we really gotta go." <laughs> like these napkins, the guy was like so mystified. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> these two napkins. It almost sounds like some weird B-level superhero. <laughs> like, 
it, like it, I'm Paper Man. Absolutely, and he th- and he thought nothing could happen because we're all friends. So he thought this would be a fun goof. You got a gun? Here's some napkins. So he throws guns. I get him into the car. Luckily, the, the gun, uh, gun crew got distracted by somebody else, like their food or something, and we just got out of there. And he's like, "Oh man, that was great. My first city gun store in Chicago, you know, and all that stuff." Then who was that guy? I'm like, I don't know who that guy was, Kyle. I'm like I'm not friends with him. He's like, "What? Really? So that was dangerous? What we were just in? <laughs> like, like it just like came to him." <laughs> like I'm leaving out a lot of details. I'm like, yeah, we got to get out of here. Like, I don't know these people. <laughs> that probably is one of the like uh, most unrealistic things about Pulp Fiction uh-huh. is that opening scene. No criminals would ever be stupid enough, I think, to actually hold up a diner <laughs> in the middle of the day like that, de- <laughs> or at night. When at night right. would be even worse. Yeah, yeah you'd be yeah. dealing with customers like Kyle. Yeah, exactly. just don't believe they're getting robbed. <laughs> Right, yeah, they might not be heroes, but they're also idiots. <laughs> you know? like you're going to have to shoot ten of them. You're going to shoot the first guy, and the other right. five still aren't going to get the point. Exactly. It's like you're going to have to kill multiple people to make these people understand what's going on. Oh, my God. So that was an amazing story. Um, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this week's uh, Blackout Diaries. Uh, thank you again for Crystal the Pistol for a story in the late night places. Um, we want to introduce a new fun segment for the for the fans yes. to interact with, right, Sean? Yeah, we want to hear your drunken stories. We want to hear any of your questions, anything, any topics you want us to discuss on the show. Please contact yeah. us. You can get us online on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us, old-fashioned email, at podcast at blackoutdiaries.com. Podcast at blackoutdiaries.com. That's it. Yeah. What any drink, drinking topics you want us to get into? And if you have any good late night food, either places or stories. Oh, yeah, your own ahead, stories, please. Go ahead and tell us. We'll uh, recap some more. Maybe, maybe that's how these shows work. I don't know. We're told we we're told we gotta do this. Engage yeah, we should get back. You know, our live show is interactive. Let's get, let's I, get the podcast I, I agree to be interactive with as well. I absolutely agree with it. Speaking of that live show, that's every Friday night at the Lincoln Lounge, right? Ten PM. Correct. We are off uh December second and ninth um for some private events at the Lincoln Lodge. Uh so we're gonna be back again around Christmas time and come by. What's the private events going on? I know Nate Craig's I never doing a ask show Mark. There I, or I never ask Mark because all it does is it leads to complaints about how it wasn't the private event it was supposed to be. It's now his backup plan. <laughs> He's so livid. So that's a, I mean, depending on what kind of reaction you want out of Mark, it's a giant mistake or a well played question to ask him what the (sighs) private event is. So funny. I know Nate Craig's doing a show. I'll do a quick plug for Nate Craig's Lincoln Lodge show. Um, I only say that because I saw him recently and he was just, uh, he's opening up for Bill Burr for occasional shows and he was. um, Yeah, he opened up for him at uh, the United Center here. At the United Center. That's the story. He goes, okay, so I got this United Center show. You know, Nate, he gives out these ultimatums. So mm-hmm. I got to, you know, parlay off that, you know, and, you know, and promote a show. So I'm doing clubs and I'm like, Zane, he said, I want no parts. Like, so he settled, with the, he settled with the Lincoln Lodge. They came to terms. Okay. I go, what do you mean? Like, you know, I'm just going to tell people at the show, come see me at the so Lincoln So while, while he's on stage at the United Center, while he tells everyone of, to see him. While he's in front of 20,000 people at the United <laughs> Center, come see me at the I Lincoln mean, Lodge. Hey, it ain't a bad strategy. Uh, it's not a bad strategy at all. Why not? I, that, absolutely. It sounds fun. Uh, sounds great to do it, but I, I but I love the but <laughs> telling the other clubs too. You want in on this or what? I can cut you with <laughs> situation. And the Lincoln Lodge certainly does. So go see Nate Craig at the Lincoln Lodge. Go say Nate. Uh, yes, especially because I think we are off one of the weekends. Uh, yeah, I imagine our Nate, Nate is, is there. So go go check out Nate. I imagine. Uh, maybe I'll even pop by and tell a little drinking story. So you can call it a blackout diaries there. Yes, absolutely. And of course, you have your uh, book show. Right. Book show places I can't return to every Wednesday at the Comedy Bar. 
Um, yeah, and um, I also am going to be because this might come out in advance. I'm going to be in New New York next week at our uh, comedians. You should know. I'm going to see how this New York crew is running at CJ. So I'll come back probably with uh, some funny stories around that. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Um, all right, let's go. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and uh, CJ Sullivan was taken. That's about it. <laughs> oh, and my bottom line bombshells, right? Of course, on the NFL Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That, uh, that of course, I, don't, I think I told you last time that I was starting to lose, and I'm like, and I wanted to go for losses. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, maybe I go for because they pay you for being being as bad as well. And I did that, yep. and of course, I started winning. So things <laughs> just go for the jokes, buddy. I Don't know, try to I, control anything else. You can't. You can't play two D chess. It feels you know? like you, the joke. It feels. It feels like I'm losing by jokes as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think your jokes are strong. Thank you. No, I mean, I think the I think the NFL has caught on, and they're doing jokes to get me back. Oh, you know I see. I, mean? I like, see. Like Houston was going to cover, but they but they dropped the two point conversion because they threw it to that guy. Uh, Remember that, t- that tackle for the Dolphins with the gas mask on for the draft full of wheat, like a bong hit? And like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he was playing for Houston down there, playing Miami. He's like, ah, oh, it'd be fun if he catches a pass, right? He's a tackle. <laughs> it was a two point conversion. He just dropped it, of course. Said or no admits. What was the thing you were talking about? The Browns coach? That was pretty, pretty funny about the. Uh, oh, well, you know, so I was back for uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And the Brown- Browns fans. Always believe they're going to the Super Bowl. Right. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, no, we if we we get that first win of the season, that's yeah. you know the second one's at home. Then now we got momentum. Yep. You know, and they have, <laughs> and they suck this year. Right. They they were three and seven going into yesterday's game. Sure. Deshaun Watson's coming back next week. Mm-hmm. Who uh, you know was accused of raping yep. something like twenty seven women. You know, it's uh, and Browns fans are are. I was surprised they're pretty evenly divided on him. I I, I actually thought Browns fans. Would be like we just need a quarterback. Yeah, you know, right. like I, sure. I thought they would like the rally. like like the ownership was basically. Yeah, <laughs> but Browns fans, I, I will say, uh, for the, at least the ones I'm talking to, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. like, no, nah, we shouldn't have done this. Is right. Anyhow, so whenever you you're on a group message thread or you look online around these conversations, Deshaun Watson's coming back next week. That you know, like half the people will be like, this was fucking you know d- yeah. disgusting. Terrible. You know, I can't even root for my franchise anymore. The other half will be like, listen, you know, I'm tired of losing. You know, I don't care what. And then, like, three more comments will be like, all right, listen, we can all agree our defensive coordinator should be fired. <laughs> that's, that's like the, the olive branch. And then it just, <laughs> right. and then all the comments are just like, you're right there, but and uh-huh. it's just all like, fire this motherfucker. Yeah. Red and or like, blue, they don't, we can just, come they're together. They're not talking about Deshaun Watson within right. three sentences. Rape or anti rape, we can all agree. <laughs> 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 we need to run a less complicated zone pattern, you know? <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's great. Uh, I'm glad you had fun back in Ohio. And another one was Ohio State, of course, lost a big game. versus Michigan, which is big in your house. Uh, it, you were, it was, I was laughing when you were saying that uh, Ohio State fans want uh, Day to coach fired. He's lost like four games in five years or something. I'm like, ah, it must be just fans. Then I heard a radio the other day, and the guy was like saying that. I guess he was from Ohio on a, on a radio show. He was one of the hosts. And the other guy's like, yeah. thought he was joking, you know, like, oh yeah, he's he's, he's he's like, oh wait, you're not joking? You actually think he should he should be fired? It's like he's lost four games in five years. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, I know, but you know, he lost to Michigan twice. They're coward or they're weak. They <laughs> think they can weak. get Mike Vrabel to resign. <laughs> Mike Vrabel, who's in first place in the NFL, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> Ohio State legend. We don't even know if he'd be good at college football Who cares? coaching. I mean, I'm sure he will. I mean, whatever. Right. He's, he's a talented guy. It, I went to high school with him, so I always root for the best for him. But the idea, th- they'll say stuff like that. Yeah. They'll just be, well, you know, why wouldn't we just? Bill Belichick would want to coach Ohio State. <laughs> right. Ohio. We'd fire Ryan Day. Bill Belichick. Nick Saban will do it. Oh, they might co coach. You know? It's like, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway, all right. That's going to do it for this week, uh, Blackout Diaries. Make sure to email um, your ideas, and that's it. And follow them. Follow and, oh, like and, like sub- and subscribe. subscribe. That's our slogan. <laughs> all right. See ya. A podcast network.